0: may contain graphic and disturbing subject matter this is a horror true crime comedy podcast and the topics may depict murder abuse the supernatural and things that should never be involved with food our hosts dive deep into the internet for their research and do their best not to screw up the pronunciations all jokes are made with the utmost respect to those involved and listener discretion is advised Hi, everyone. This is Regina here. The docent and I had our lives explode over the last two weeks. Because of this, we're going to be skipping this week's normal episode. However, we still want to entertain you. So here is a short tale of mole people presented by Lynn. Consider it a peek into next week.
1: Okay, so let's talk about a subject that's near and dear to many people's heart. Mole people
0: oh really people. and it's so close to valentine's day that's going to mm-hmm. be how do you know
1: so mole people so for anybody that's not familiar with that there is a legend that there are bands of people known as the mole people who are homeless people that exist below the city usually new york or other larger cities in abandoned subway and train tunnels And thanks to H.G. Wells' 1895 novel, The Time Machine, the idea of Morlocks, who were also these tunnel dwellers below the earth, has been lodged in our popular imagination. Uh, We've made a lot of scary movies about them, including the 1950s sci-fi shocker The Mole People from whence the name came. And then, of course, later in the 1980s, everybody's favorite movie, should with the cannibalistic humanoid underground dwellers. And then even things like the Matrix movies, where all the humans had moved into these groovy, distressed sweater rave parties beneath the destroyed planet above to avoid being eaten by the giant robot squid things, which... Never made any sense, but okay, sure.
0: Hey, I'm saying that's some really good weed right there.
1: Yeah, there was definitely some kind of alternative substances involved in the Wachowski siblings' lives during the process. Red pill or
0: blue pill? As soon as it started off like that, I was like, these are some people who might be chemistry majors.
1: And it hasn't gotten less weird during their, their... Yeah, no. And then, of course, the cartoon Futurama had a whole spoof story arc about the people living underground, the mole people. They were the mutants. The mutants, yes. Yes. So, here's the thing. Mole people kind of do exist, but not in the way that we figure them. So, it's less about terrifying mutants living underground than it is about kind of our abject failure to take care of some of our most vulnerable citizens
0: wait are you telling me that morlocks develop from us being shitty humans and just not taking care of our fellow man kind of we we end up creating our own monsters
1: that is correct that is pretty much you've just nailed humanity thanks
0: hey i try
1: So I would also totally recommend checking out the documentary Dark Days, which was made over the course of several years in the 90s. And then it was released in 2000 and had a recent re-release by Oscilloscope Pictures, which is just a fantastic studio. Like, Oscilloscope puts out some really fantastic movies that I highly recommend. And the movie Dark Days is by a British filmmaker named Mark Singer. Not the Beastmaster, but a different Mark Singer. And would
0: have been better if it was the, Be- it, the Beastmaster. It totally if we'd had the yeah.
1: Beastmaster down here, that would have mm-hmm. but no, no Beastmaster. But it follows a group of people, normal, ordinary humans, not spooky, one eyed gray monsters that live in the abandoned sections of the New York City subway system in the area that was known as the Freedom Tunnel. So Singer lived with these folks down there on and off for several months doing this research. And he made this documentary with their participation to help them out financially. And they were the film's crew during this shoot. They rigged up cams and dollies and lighting rigs out of some of the sort of discarded shopping carts and things that they found down living in this tunnel area. And during the filming, Amtrak announced that it would actually be evicting forcibly all of these residents who had built this amazing little city of shacks and huts that have electricity that they've been able to steal via cables run through the tracks. It was quite an advanced little village. Uh, people had microwaves, hot plates, pets, you know, it, th- these little individual uh, kind of plywood, kind of jerry-rigged uh, houses. It was sort of like an underground version this of the This is how cities begin. Oh, absolutely.
0: It begins with huts and people stealing electricity.
1: Well,
0: uh, harvesting the resources that are there for them. We're just going to say sure. So the
1: filmmaker and his crew that were assisting him in production worked with the Coalition for the Homeless to get the Department of Housing and Urban Development to help these dwellers, these underground residents, get housing vouchers for apartments above ground as they were being forcibly removed by Amtrak. And it was really a community effort to document their lives down there and then help them rebuild once these lives were made untenable. So CineVision, which was a New York City camera shop, supplied the cameras free of charge, and Kodak even... Why?
0: (laughs) It's called CineVision. Cinevision. All I can think is it's either a porn studio or it is like a cinnamon roll tv 24 7 it's just a camera shop i don't even know
1: if they're still in business
0: but and again if they had been cinnamon roll tv they would be so
1: this isn't digital this is all film which is a whole nother level of difficulty in producing this impressive um and in fact kodak gave the filmmakers free film to help them finish because that's another giant expense that i mean this is just a guy this isn't a man with a big hollywood bankroll behind him he's just a man who noticed some neighbors going to live underground and got really interested about their lives he's just
0: a man obsessed with tunnels
1: yes he's a curious Briton who is very interested in the lives of his unconventional neighbors okay So other interesting media regarding mole people includes the book Tunnel People by anthropologist, and I'm going to fuck this poor Dutch man's name up, Toine Voten. It was originally released in the 90s as well in the Netherlands, and then it was reissued with an English translation by the author in about 2010. So this kind of New York City mole people thing used to be a real situation that people were living in, but not so much today because they've been routed. However, there is a community of underground dwellers in another major metropolitan city in the United States that is currently ongoing, and that is in the Las Vegas area. So there is estimated... I would
0: have really guessed Portland.
1: In Seattle, too. We have a lot of underground tunnels. Even our city, when it was demolished uh, in a fire around the turn of the last century had to be built up on top of a bunch of fill which is really a great idea in an earthquake zone like well done good good on you city planners of the 1900s
0: and why are we willing to pay a million dollars to live here
1: um that's a really good question because it's not pittsburgh okay solely why
0: i think well it's also really beautiful it is If we go, we go quick and we go happy. And
1: hey, the possibilities for outdoor recreation and serial killing are nearly endless here.
0: It's true. It's
1: a selling point.
0: Mm.
1: So in Las Vegas, the reason that there are estimated to be close to a thousand homeless people living in the storm runoff drains beneath the city is that... Because it has hideous weather of great extremes in the Las Vegas area, this is one of the safest places climatically to live rough, as it were. Because, you know, in the summers, the heat is lethal. And then in the winters, the cold is also lethal there in the middle of Nevada in the desert. So Yeah, I
0: wouldn't think that Las Vegas would be a place with a high homeless population.
1: It actually does have quite a few. And so according to media reports, the... Mole people that are living in these tunnels underneath Las Vegas have managed to really furnish their rooms that they have made down there almost like a regular house. In one BC News report from 2009, a couple who had been living in the tunnels for five years, which is longer than many people I know living in apartments here in Seattle, had managed to basically furnish their home with a bed, a bookcase, and a makeshift shower.
0: I guess it shows you, like, all you really do need is love.
1: And books. Apparently. And books. Yeah.
0: And, and hygiene. <laughs> and
1: hygiene. But yeah, I mean, like, literally, like, just imagine this is a giant storm drain, and somebody's managed to make a pretty sweet studio apartment down there. So, problematically, the problem with living in giant storm drain tunnels is, as you might imagine, flooding. From the storms. storms. Yes. Remember, this is the desert, and so there are constantly flash floods when these big storms run through, and boom, people just get washed away. Normally what happens is all of their hard-won possessions, and these are not people that can go out and hit Ikea and buy some more stuff. Those get washed away, and very sadly, in some cases, people have been badly injured or even killed from these flash floods. So why why would people be living down here in these storm drains? Well, most of the inhabitants don't end up being eligible for, or there's not enough uh, limited kind of charitable help in the Las Vegas area.
0: And let's face it. Or they anywhere. Don't, but yeah, but they don't have anywhere else to go.
1: Right. It's not like they have all these options. Like, if you're living in a storm drain under Las Vegas, some shit has taken a real wrong turn in your life, and your options are not broad. You don't have family support. You may have a lot of mental health issues or physical health issues that are not being addressed that kind of keep you in such a place. So the Las Vegas Channel 8 News sent their Eyewitness News team down there with Matt O'Brien who was a local author who spent nearly five years exploring life beneath the city and he wrote a book called Beneath the Neon and that's another one. I haven't gotten to read that one yet. I did watch Dark Days and I have read a number of excerpts from the Dutch book that I mentioned earlier, but this is a really good resource if you're interested in what the Las Vegas underground dwellers are like. O'Brien also founded an organization called the Shine a Light Foundation that helps the people who are taking refuge in the tunnels by providing them things like supplies, food, water, and helping them to get out into the light, as the title suggests. Good title. So, yeah, oh yeah, that's another option if you want to know more about these things. Yeah, it's a really mole people Kind of do exist Wow. outside of Kimmy Schmidt and the was it the Mole Women of Ohio? Yeah, no, outside of that.
0: Wow, wow.
1: So yeah, this is a horrifying, but not in a supernatural way. More in a really people can't we do? Better oh,
0: people, suck. People people, people suck. Do suck. people people suck. do suck. People suck. Yeah, I
1: promise you. In my longer form, it is definitely about how people suck, how job safety was not really a thing back in the day, but it also has an interesting frisson of the potentially supernatural. So that's a treat to look forward to.
0: Well, we hope that you enjoyed the sneak peek into next week. We'll see you then and take care of each other.